praise the name of the Lord once again. Welcome to another beautiful day. This is the voice of Isaiah Phillips at Kintala, and you're welcome to the Potter's Gate online broadcast. This is our Beyond Devotional segment, and this morning we are going to continue to pray and track the heart of the Father. Uh, this morning I'm going to kind of deviate from uh, the direction uh, that we've been looking at. We started uh, a concept few few days ago titled uh, Praying the Word of God. We're still going to be praying along that line, but I want to, if you will, divert our attention to something that I feel carries more weight and more uh, 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 input in the spirit in terms of really understanding that which the Father will have us. Uh, no, excuse me. Right, I just uh, fixed the the, um, the microphone. <clears throat> excuse me. All right. So, like I said, um, this morning I felt, you know, that we need to look into something a bit more uh, uh, robust, a bit more meaningful, a bit more, uh, uh, um, you know, relevant. It's not like the things we've been talking about are not relevant, but you know how the Spirit of the Lord you know, can just show you something even more deeper or even more, uh, uh, you know, insightful than what you think, you know, you, you know, you're sharing. And that's the beauty of what we're doing. I, I, I thank God that the Lord can, you know, just inspire my heart this morning and say, Isaiah, why don't you, you know, reconsider this thing rather than going through, you know, the, 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 the 20 steps that, you know, we, uh, you know, I laid out that we're going to look into. And most of those things, in fact, all of those things are very important. But I think this is the idea of when the scripture says, behold, I show you a more perfect way, a more excellent way. So I believe this, you know, this concept that we want to quickly look into will we'll, we'll, we'll cover all those 12 steps, or excuse me, all those 20 steps, and we'll still be able to advance, all right, and accelerate in our prayer or our engagement because that is, you know, the, 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 the intention. My intention is that we'll have a, a clearer, a better, and, you know, a more, you know, a, a, a fervent concept of engaging the things of the Spirit. And what am I talking about? This morning, I want us to deal with the issue of or ascending in our prayer life. Remember that um, last week, I, 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 I told us the Spirit of the Lord ministered to me and said, it's time for us to ascend again. All right. So if we're going to ascend, then we need to obviously begin to, you know, prepare our heart and gather our heart and walk towards that direction of divine ascendance. If we're going to ascend, then we know that the spirit of the Lord is saying there are things that we've got to leave behind. All right. That could weigh us down, that could limit us. All right. So that we can enter into the next phase, into the next sphere, into the next realm of God's intention. And uh, then we began to deal with the co this concept of prayer. There was, there's so many things the Spirit of the Lord or I began to minister to me last week. But I felt, okay, today that it's, it's important that we begin to focus even our prayer regarding that voice. Okay. And uh, I felt that we need to look into the concept of how do we ascend in our prayer life, all right? This still covers those 20 points that, you know, we, we began to look into, but it's just that this one focuses more on, all right, this ministry of ascension. And when we talk about ascension, we're talking about coming into amen, a, a better, a deeper, amen, a more glorious reality and revelation, I mean, of Jesus Christ, because we are ascending to Christ. We're not ascending to any other thing. We're ascending to Christ. So our prayer life, our spiritual life, 
everything that defines our life, amen, must come into that revelational life, into that, you know, uh, 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 you know, voice, into that directions and directives of the Spirit. And one of the things that I quickly want us to deal with as we deal with ascending remember i said we are ascending to christ all right but yet yet the spirit of the lord has been speaking to us about the kingdom of god he wants to give us he said he said it is the, it is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom so the father wants to give us the kingdom but in the reality of giving us the kingdom first of all we've got to have the christ because in the kingdom, amen, the glory, excuse me, in the kingdom, what, what we want to achieve, what we want to receive, what we want to become, what, what we want to gather, amen. It's not just some things, not just some, you know, elemental things, amen. The, 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 the glory of the kingdom is a person. So we want to come into that understanding, amen, of knowing Christ, of having the reality, the revelation of Christ in our life. Therefore, we must deal with the things, amen, that has veiled Christ in our life, that has covered, that is still covering Christ, amen. We have to deal with the issues around us, within us in particular, all right, that, that, is, that is stopping, that is hindering us, all right. And, and, and I really want us to look into this concept this morning because I believe that if we understand this, then we will begin to have, you know, a more push, a more you know, a determination to press in into the things the Father wants to do in us and through us in this brand new day. All right. The Father is still revealing. Yeah, was it two days ago? You know, <clears throat> excuse me, two days ago, the, the, you know, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, the Father is still revealing Christ to us. We are still in the days of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Christ is being revealed. And it's from what we know of Christ, amen, that we are able to represent, amen, God's defi div div divine intention. It is from what we know. It is from what we have known, not just what we've been informed about. It is from what we have known, what we have come to, you know, a, a, a touch. We have seen, we have handled, we have, you know, we, we have gazed upon. That it's from that point, amen, that our our engagement in the place of prayer amen, becomes more effective, becomes more fervent. I, th I think this is important so that we 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 cut we cut short, you know, all those you know uh, uh, long roots, those you know uh, uh, religious paths that we sometimes we 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 tend to you know tread to us. All right, we want to discover Christ, but we want to use you know religious human knowledge, human wisdom, you know traditions and and all kinds of you know you know of uh, obsolete method. All right, to want to discover the things of God, we 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 will continue to just waste our energy and 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 burn out. And I think that's what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to me, particularly that as I, rather than taking these people through this twenty step, why don't you just bring them to the reality of what I'm talking about, of what I'm saying, what I'm emphasizing in this day it's time for you to press in to know me better because as we press in better we get to have a, you know a different a different understanding a different you know reality of who christ is and it's from there amen that our engagement in the things of the spirit becomes you know fervent becomes effectual becomes you know uh, uh, you know potent becomes powerful the bible says that the fervent prayer the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man what defines the fervency amen of our prayer amen begins from the reality of our inner man open to the things of the spirit begins amen in that order of life where our spirit man amen know 
understand it's connected to the things of Christ. The more we know of Christ, not just about Christ, the more we know of Christ, the more we have insight, the more we have revelation, the more we ascend amen, in that revelation of Christ. You know, this morning I was just thinking about this and I remember in our church back then in Nigeria, I've got this painting that I, you know, you know, asked a friend, you know, to, 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 to do. In fact, this guy used to do a lot of painting because back then in Nigeria, I do a lot of, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, a lot of graphic work. We use graphics to speak. So, and, and I love, I love graphics. So, I, you know, we did this painting of, of Jesus Christ, right, with his hand, just holding the entire globe, the world. He was holding it in his hand. And I, and I, and I put, you know, on top of that, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, image, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And this is what defines, all right, my, my, my work, my entire ministry work. You know, as I'm talking about this now, you know, I, I, I'm feeling emotional, you know. I, I'm feeling, not just emotional, but I'm feeling the heart of my father that this is my core. This is my, this is my destiny. I remember when I, I, I met, you know, Reverend, um, excuse me, Apostle Govendo, Sage Govendo, or right, from Durban in Nigeria, and he was trying to hear me out, you know, talking about, you know, my, my you know, my understanding about the apostolic and all that. And I said to him, there's nothing more to say than the revelation of Jesus. The apostolic is about the unveiling of Christ, about the revealing of Jesus. This was even before I began to hear about, you know, people like Presti Ebi and the rest of them. But, but I came to a conclusion after I left, you know, you know, the religious system that I was for many years. After this was after I, you know, went to Bible school, came back. I mean, I came to a conclusion in my walk with the Lord that it is the revelation of Jesus Christ, all right, that, that, that allow us, that gives us insight and understanding into every other thing. If that is not established, if that is not there in our life, be it in our prayer life, be it in our, in our word life, whatever it is that we want to know or we're seeking to know, it's not going to work. Because Christ, amen, is the center, is the center of, of, of the things of God, of the things of the Spirit. Christ should be the center of our life. Christ should be the center of everything. And, and that's, that centrality of Christ, amen, increases, it increases, it grows, it develops. So for we are ever walking, we are, in fact, then I've got another word, all right, you know, that we used to, you know, walk with back then. I, and in fact, our ministry back then was called ever increasing kingdom, ever increasing kingdom. So when you look at the revelation of Christ that, that, that itself is increasing and you talk about his kingdom, his kingdom is not just some, you know, a, a, a geographical location. It's not just one location, all right, that is static. That kingdom is forever expanding. Alright, that's why you know the, the, the you know signs they will tell you, oh, they just discover another planet. They will continue to discover because this kingdom that we're talking about, amen, is ever increasing. Amen. As one star is dying, another star, millions of stars are being born. All these, amen, are dimension within Christ, the Christ life. And you know, as as you know, as the father began to draw my attention to this this morning, I felt like you know I, I need to repent, or right? because because we can talk about the things of Christ without really focusing, without you know, without maintaining that center focus, that center point. 
and we miss it when we when we shift out of the core out of the center all right whatever it is that we are seeking for whatever i mean if you like i've been saying for a while now whatever we want to look at in terms of even prayer our needs you know you know what we want to ask the lord amen you would discover that christ is the center focus of that thing if christ is not the center focus of you need a husband you need a wife you need children you need promotion you need money all right you need you know you need uh you know grace influence you you need you know people to come to church you need whatever it is all right that we are praying we're seeking we want nations amen you know, to come to the knowledge of god all of our prayer points amen it's all centered on the person the ascended life the ascended reality of christ our intercession everything so if we if we're praying we're seeking we're believing the lord outside amen the, the christ we we're only deceiving ourselves we're gonna get things and after six months we're gonna be searching searching for something else after uh, you know another you know three two years we're gonna be looking for something else but if we make amen our centrality of of ministry of life amen of search and quest christ i tell you something will begin to happen in our life amen that that we cannot contain or that cannot contain us and this is what i'm praying i'm hoping i'm believing god this morning that our life will become amen an unveiling a reality a revelation of the christ amen a lot of us have known jesus yes we've known jesus or you know the man of galilee we we we've seen him but the bible says amen, this jesus has ascended on high in his ascension there's a dimension of him that we have we have not yet touched that we have not yet known and i'm saying this amen in context of everything that ought to be guiding and leading and directing our lifestyle that growing and de desiring to, to 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 you know to increase in that life in that understanding should be what pursues should be our pursuit should be what drives amen our our walk and our calling in the things of the spirit so this morning once again i would like to sh you know share one or two words with us just to encourage us just to you know keep us on the track and i think that's you know something to me that brings humility to my heart because it tells me that the father amen, is interested the father is still interested in what we're doing that we're not just doing ministry for doing ministry sake that we're not just here making noise every morning all right but that you know the spirit of the lord is is steering is leading is guiding that he's the one that is steering this ship that is not me that is not some you know a human idea religious idea May we not seek anything, amen, outside the divine order of God. May we not seek anything. Listen, Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. There are things the Father wants to reveal to us about his son. But before we go further into that, let's just, you know, look at one or two scripture. Let me start with uh, uh, Luke chapter 12. Let, let's start with Luke chapter 12 this morning. Let's, let's take it from verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. <laughs> wow. Father, help us. Is this not what killed many of us? Is this not what is pushing many of us into, into, that, into that, you know, that abyss of anxiety? Because we worry about our life. And you know why we worry about our life? Because we think that we are in charge. We are in control. We, we think that we have what it takes to maintain our life. And so when things start falling apart, oh, we just, we, we lose everything. 
we lose our mind we lose our thoughts because we think that we're in control and that's 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 that spirit of cain cain brought of his, of his strength he brought of what he has produced to the lord so there's there's a sense of you know self-pride there this is what i brought to you god but you see the difference is abel brought of himself to the lord thank you sir this morning my brother give i thank you for connecting Abel brought of himself to the Lord, but Cain produced, he brought of what he produced to the Lord. And that's what defines, amen, his sense of approval before the Lord. That after I have walked, after all that I have done, I mean, I labored. Do you know how long it took me to plant those things? And finally, I'm bringing them to you and you're still rejecting it. That is religion for you. Oh, speak to me, Father. That is religion. That is the height of religion. I have done so much. I have prayed. I fasted. I waited on you. You know, it's like that, you know, uh, 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 you know that 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 that, that traditional Jew, Jewish Pharisee guy who found himself in the temple, all right? And while the other, you know, Gentile guy was also there, both were praying. And this, this gentle guy is hitting his chest and he's saying, Father, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. And, and this other Jewish guy, he's boasting. He's, this Pharisee is boasting of the things he has done to, you know, for God and to the things of God. And the Bible says that other gentle guy got up, left there more fulfilled in his prayer <clears throat> than the one that came and thought, okay, he could walk his way through his, through his act. That God is calling us to total surrender and total submission. I'm talking about the prayer of unveiling this morning. We want to know Jesus. But the, the path and the way to know Jesus Christ is not going to be as easy as we assumed. There are all, there's there's going to be all kinds of war in our life. There's going to be all kinds of challenges. God will bring us to a place where the things that have that have veiled him are removed and i tell you it's not going to be easy for those veils to remove remove remember the bible says when jesus christ died all right the veil begins to be torn off from the position of of resurrection until we begin to experience the rev the resurrected life of god until we begin to come into that rev revelation of the of of the resurrection of christ the power of resurrection until we un begin to understand that until we begin to take delivery of those of those truths amen these are not just teachings that we hear and we get excited about no we have to begin to touch like i've been sharing for a while we have to touch amen the revelation amen of crucifixion we have to be crucified. Even if you crucify, amen, one part of your hand, guess what? You need somebody to crucify the other. You can't crucify yourself. You need, amen, situation. You need people. Amen. Sometimes you will need the people that are very close to you to crucify you. And that's why you cannot get angry. When God is using people to crucify you, don't get angry because God is creating the path hallelujah for you to get to that reality of the ascended do you want to know jesus in his fullness do you want to have a revelation do you want to know the ascended christ do you want to walk in the power of the age to come do you want to do you want to inherit the kingdom he said it is the father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom do you want to inherit listen to this nobody inherits the kingdom without christ first sitting upon the throne of the life of that person 
Let me repeat what I've said. No one inherits the kingdom of God without Christ taking residence, without that person's life becoming the very throne. <laughs> Jesus must sit enthroned upon every aspect of our life, amen, for, for the kingdom of God, amen, to be given to us. Because for, for the kingdom to be given to us is for us to receive Christ. But not just to receive Christ, amen, but to receive him in his ascended reality. And so, so for us to get to this point of, of ascendance, guess what? There's going to be many crushing. There's going to be many death. There's going to be many crucifixion. Amen. There's going to be many crucifixion. Our appetite, our desire, our longings, our aspiration, our passion, our, you know, you know, inspiration. All those things, amen, that we hold on to, that we believe that we have, we have received Jesus. No, they will be nailed to the cross. You know, I was thinking about this just before I came. I said, no wonder, no wonder Paul. I mean, Paul never walked, Paul never saw Jesus in, in, in his human body. I mean, the disciple of Jesus, they walked with Christ. They saw him, they, they lived with him, but they never did half of what Paul did. You know why? Because Paul caught a revelation. Paul did not just know Jesus in his humanity. Paul, listen to this. Paul knew the ascended Christ. The disciples of Jesus, they knew, amen, the, the, the Son of Man that, 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 that came in the flesh, that, you know, ate with them, that played with them, that healed, that performed miracles, that opened the blind eyes, all right, that, you know, that, that did all those. They knew that, and that was good. But you see, for you to be able to come into the reality of what the Father wants to do in your life and through your life, you must have what I call the revelation of the ascended Christ. The place of ascension is the place where we begin to live. But if we are building our life on what Jesus did, yes, we, when you ask Christians to define who Jesus is, you'll be shocked. They would define Jesus, amen, as the, uh, you know, as the son of Mary, amen, the one who, who performed miracles, turned water to wine, all right, who healed the sick, who raised the dead, amen, who cast out demons, all right? And all that, and all that, we will talk about all the good things that Jesus have done. That's good. But guess what? Do we know Jesus in his ascended glory? Have you heard people really describe Jesus from his ascended glory? Who he is from, uh, from a realm of life beyond this little tiny weeny, you know, uh, uh, planet we call earth? If we define Jesus just on the little thing we know, amen, that Jesus did on this tiny planet, we will, we will miss the things of God. The Bible says he fills all things. Jesus fills all, all things. He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He is the, he is the image and the glory of God. He is God. We want to know the Christ God. And this is, this, this is something I sense in my heart that we need to begin to seek in this brand new day. Because I tell you, if we continue to search for Jesus, amen, in his humanity, in his, in his low dimension, in, in, in what he did when he came to earth. Listen to this. That was good. That will only give us amen, redemption. We are safe from our, our past. But to press in, to move on, to go further, amen, to press into our future. You see, redemption covered our past. According to Presti Evi, redemption cover, amen. What Jesus did cover what, who, who, we, who we were in the past. That is forgiven. That, is, that, that has been taken care of when Jesus died. When we give our life to Jesus, he wiped away, amen, at the slate of our past. And guess what? Our future is secure 
If only we will press into that which he has in stock for us. All right. Somebody say, I've got something in stock for you. If you're not seeking to want to know that thing, if you're not seeking to want to, I mean, somebody say, I've blessed you, but it's behind that door. If you're not seeking, say, okay, where is the key? How do I access that thing that you have given to me? If you're not seeking to want to enter to know, listen to this, that thing is there, but you would never inherit it. It's yours, but it's there. But you have not made the effort. That, see, that's a word. We need to make the effort to remove the veil, the religious veil, the traditions of men, what we call Christianity, what we call church, what we call men of God, what we call women of God, what we call anointing. Everything that human mind defined to us as religion is a veil. It must be removed because now we want to know Christ in his glory, in his ascended glory. In his ascended glory. I don't just want to benefit of the things of Jesus. Oh, I need a child. I need a husband. I need a wife. You see, that's why anybody can deceive us today. Because the world knows, society knows, amen, that our definition of Jesus, amen, is, is, is a materialistic, you know, ideology. It's centered on what we can get from him. What we can gain from him. We're not, we don't, we're, not, we're not bothered about a relationship. We're bothered about what that relationship can produce for us. What, I, what can I get from that relationship? I want to I get close to this person. You know, people do that, right? When people know that you are somebody, all right, that they can get something from, they can achieve something from, they can benefit, they get close to you. They're not getting close to you because they really love you and they really care about you. No, they're getting close to you because they know that amen, you can assist them. They're getting close to you because they know they can get something from you. And many a times, people, a lot of people have gone into marriage based on that. All right, I can get something from this marriage. Not because you love this person. Not because you are ready to lay down your life. But because you're insecure, you're afraid, you're searching for something, you're looking for something. You feel this person will complete you. Nobody completes anything in marriage only Jesus completes us our completeness and our completion amen is in Christ so if we go into some relationship that Christ is not the center that Christ is not the focus I tell you that thing is not going to produce for us instead of that thing producing the right fruit it will be producing thorns and thistles like the scripture says it will be producing pain because there's going to be all kinds of war there's going to be all kinds of fighting there's going to and that happens on every level of relationship in business all right? The same thing. So we have to, as believers, we must be begin to redefine, realign, amen, reorientate ourselves in terms of why. You know, at a point he asked his, his people, he said, why do you, why, why, why do you, why are you following me? That's going to be a point in any relationship. You have to redefine, amen, the terms of reference. Why, why are we in this? Why are you following me? Yes. And that's the point Jesus Christ brings many of us to. We read the scripture yesterday. The Bible says, amen, as he said this word and he said to them, except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part in me. All right. And the Bible says Jesus perceived that his disciples were saying all kinds of things. And he said to this, and he said to them, does this word offend you? Oh, come on. I said yesterday. The things of Jesus Christ will bring us to a place where we'll be tested. And they will know if indeed we are offended or not. He said, does these things that I've said to you offended? And other translation actually said, in that day, 70, 70 of his disciples left him. There is a place where you are going to turn back. 
like I shared, you know, uh, three days ago about, you know, the church of, of Ruth and the church of Ophir. When Naomi brought them to a place of, of test, they said, look, there's nothing again to gain in this relationship. My, my, you know, my son is dead. So you've got to make up your mind. All right. You guys go back to where you're coming from. You're still young. Go get yourself amen, a new husband. The Bible says, as Naomi persuaded them and persuaded them and persuaded them, because Naomi at this point, I said to herself, look, I came out, you know, filled. Now I'm coming back empty. I have nothing else to offer to you. Go back. Ofa went back. Ruth said, no, I'm connected to you. I'm, I'm stuck with you. We're not going. Wherever you go, I'm going. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. That's the covenant I made. Not with you, but with your son. And I still believe, amen, that that covenant stands. You see, many of us, we go into the things of God, not because we understand the terms of reference, the terms of covenant. We go in there for what we, we're going to achieve, for what we're going to get. And that's where we get ourselves in, in all kinds of trouble. I was sharing yesterday afternoon about, you know, spiritual leadership and, you know, uh, and, and uh, spiritual covering and, you know, spiritual abuse. You know, we get ourselves spiritually abused because we thought, amen, we're going to gain something, something. We want to gain something, not because we really want to. You see, once our motive is not right, once we have a wrong motive regarding any area of life, including spirituality, I tell you, our hands are going to get burnt. We're going to find ourselves regretting. Oh, what did I do? Because listen to this. When you go into something, go into a relationship with your heart in, in honesty and genuine, when something starts going wrong, the Holy Spirit will start speaking to you it's time to leave it's time to leave this is not the place to be this is not the place of your rest move but you see because many people oh no no this man this uh, this anointing right this guy is powerful he's gonna do it okay before you know it you leave this you leave that place regretting you leave that place almost like your life has been shattered yes why? Because you never track the voice of God. You never allow the Spirit of God. What am I saying? God wants to bring us to a place, amen, of an ascended understanding, ascended revelation of Christ. The Lord is tearing down the veil. God is removing. God is pulling down the veil. And when God starts pulling down the veil, please don't cry. Don't think it's the devil. No, it is God bringing you to freedom. Listen to this. Freedom is painful because you're used to, uh, you know, the connection. You're used to the voice of man you're used to you know your way of doing things you're used to people celebrating you celebrating your gift but listen to this without christ your gift will kill you without christ your anointing will kill you because christ himself ought to be the anointing it's not just the ability to do something it's not for the fact that you know how to do something or you know how to do that thing well no christ must be the focus and the center of what we stand for and what we do and this is the order if we're going to pray this is the kind of amen life god is calling us to in the place of prayer then when our life start growing and we start we start you know we start getting ourselves being filled with the ascended i didn't say with the lower reality with the ascended life of Christ. You see, Christ is in two realms. Well, let, me, let me put it this way. You see, Christ came from above. Jesus, amen, is a man of the earth, right? Amen. The man of the earth needed, you know, he offered himself, you know, as, as, you know, as a body for Christ to inhabit. Now, if you know, if you know the body, you know the outer part, you know, and many of us are known by our dressing. Oh, wow, that person is wearing, uh, 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 you know, God knows what. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, many of us, amen, we, our, our life has been defined, amen, by, you know, by the brand we wear. But it's not the real, it's not the real, 
you know, who we are, our, our real identities on the inside. No, but, but we use that outer man, all right, to cover up. So people look at us and like, wow, they respect us based on what we wear, not, but not based on who we are, not based on what we carry. You see, so when you build your life on the outer shell, you know, so it's Jesus, Jesus, the son of Mary, walked on water, healed, cast out demons. We like that and we romance that, but we have not connected to the Christos. We have not connected to the Christ. And therefore, when somebody comes and start bringing you and start pointing you, amen, you know, it's like the disciples. They were pointing Jesus to the outer shell of that temple called the Herod's temple. That thing has glory. That thing was beautiful. People come from different parts of the world just to look at that temple. <laughs> and they were calling the attention of Jesus. They said, look at this. And Jesus was looking at it. And they were expecting that he, he, he himself would begin to give, you know, admiration and all that. And he looked at it from his true nature and he said, not one stone <laughs> will be left unturned. Not one stone will be. I tell you, friends, can I give you a word this morning? All those things that men have built, that we have built for ourselves, that looks glorious, that look glamorous, are coming down because God wants to reveal. Christ on the inside wants to be revealed. That's why the temple, hallelujah, was judged when Jesus died. The Bible says, amen, the, 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 the veil in the temple was rent, amen, from bottom up. It was rent into two, amen. Why? Because the Lord now wants to, he wants to reveal himself you can't cage him again you can't cover him up by tradition you can't cover him up amen by ceremony you can't cover him up by what we call christianity come on we can't cover him up by all kinds of falsehood and 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 false giftings and and false belief we can't cover him up amen he's tearing the veil the veil of our mind the veil of our thoughts the veil of our thinking god is tearing those things he wants to reveal himself through you He wants to reveal himself. Are we going to allow him? That's your call. Are you going to allow him? Ah, there's going to be cry. There's going to be wailing. There's going to be screaming. Because the things that you've been identified with, the things you have identified Jesus with are going to be ripped off you. They will send you on a journey. They will send you on a journey. You will walk without finding anybody to even you know, hail you and say, wow, well done, my sister. Well done, my brother. You will be on your own. Then it's from there where every noise, every noise has been brought to a hush. Every voice has been brought to a stillness. Every, every, every opinion I've been brought to a place of quietness. Then the voice of him. Will begin to speak to you. It will start from a whisper. From a whisper that voice will start growing. But the noises around you first. You see, that's, the, that's, where, that's where they're taking us. That's where many of us are right now. The voices. The voices. The ideas. The opinions of men. 
the belief system of religion that they call Christianity, whatever it is today that we have, listen to this, oh, we have toiled all night. We've been toiling all night, yet we've caught nothing. Don't you think that the Father is speaking to us? This was Peter. Peter was the best fisherman. Peter knew how to fish. He was a prophet. Listen to these friends. Professionalism is not going to do this thing. I posted a word yesterday evening. I guess it was yesterday evening. There are decisions we make because we've got strategy. Because we have calculated. And I, I'm, a, I'm a strategist. I like to you know, think deep about things. And I want to talk about strategy. I'm not talking about kind of strategy. I'm talking about effective strategy. When I want to do things, I do them because I, I, I've, I've looked at the thing from, from the past, present, and I'm looking at the future. And then I make my decision. You can do things from that realm where you strategize. But there are times where God will allow you to do things. Not because you've strategized, but because you heard a voice. <laughs> or because you've heard a voice. And things may not look may not look like they are well arranged. If in, in fact things may look contrary, but because you've had a voice, you jump. They say jump, you jump. They say jump, you jump. They say wait, you wait. They say go, you go. But every rod is saying block. But they say go, you go. The Lord is bringing us out of our own idea. The ideas are the veils. The things we thought we have perfected. The things that we thought we know, we have owned. The, 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 the rod, the stuff that we thought we have in our hands, that we think God is going to use. God is saying, uh -uh, I'm going to discard it for a season. It's going to dry up. I'm going to bring, I'm going to allow you to bring that rod and leave it amen, in, in my altar. Leave it there. So that one day, that dry rod, amen, will board, will board in one day. Alabasi koyanda. The ways of the Lord are not the ways of men. The ways of the Lord are not the ways of human wisdom. The ways of the Lord. Many of us, we thought we've known the, we've known the Lord. Many of us, I tell you, we thought, yes, I know, I know the Lord. <laughs> we can know the Lord in a low realm. But yes, sir, the Lord, there's a different dimension of me that you don't know of. He said, there is a food I want to give to you that you don't know of. There is a water I want you to drink of that you don't know of. <laughs> there is a garment I want to wear on you that you don't know of. There's a deeper reality of Christ that we have not even begun to smell, not to talk of coming into. We don't even have an idea of him. Think about it. Just think about it. If you can comprehend the vastness of the universe, then you can begin to talk about having a first day understanding of the ascended revelation of Jesus. Just listen to what I've said. If you can comprehend all right, the vast reality of the universe, I didn't say the earth, the universe, including the, the, you know, the stars, the galaxy, and the Milky Ways. If you can comprehend the star, just the, 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 the grand beauty and awesomeness and size of one star that is, that is a million times bigger than your earth. A million times bigger than the earth. If you can begin to comprehend that, then you can begin to talk about knowing Jesus in this first day. This God is too awesome for us to comprehend. So before you even begin to nail that your revelation on the wall, be careful. 
before you begin to proclaim and declare, yes, yes. Have you noticed that all the disciples, they walk with him, they eat with him. When it comes to them standing for Jesus Christ, what do they do? They deny him. That was to prove to us amen, that you don't know him amen, by his physicality. No, you don't know him because you, I mean, I'm telling you, if you see Jesus today, if you see Jesus physically, he comes to you physically, you see him. That doesn't mean that you now have, amen, the ascended reality, amen, of Christ living in you. That was just an experience. Experience is not enough to come to this reality. You have to constantly grow. You have to constantly increase, hallelujah, in that ascended life. Because you can build things around experience. And by tomorrow, the Lord has left that point. The glory has left that point. That's what we call, you know, tradition. That's what we call denomination. People have a little experience of God. They build a wall around it. They call it a church. Somebody went so, to a mountain to pray, had an experience of God there. Ah, they said, no, this place, we're going to call it Mount Moriah. We're going to call it Mount, Mount Kilimanjaro. We're going to call it Mount Holy Ghost Presence. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Lord just appeared to you there. It doesn't mean that he resides there. Oh, come on, Lord. It doesn't mean that he resides there, but he wants to reveal himself to you in that glory. That's just a dimension of his glory. There's a walk God wants to walk in our hearts. It's not always out there. It's always within us. The work that God is doing right now is not an outward work. It's an inner work. Because that inner work, you can carry it. You can carry him everywhere you go. Shalabayanda. People want to build a stationary reality. A stationary house for God. God wants to build himself a mobile movement. <laughs> God wants to build himself a mobile movement. People want to build and build and put a wall around it. God is tearing down the wall. The wall ought to be our identity. The rebuilding of the wall is the rebuilding of our identity. It's not the rebuilding of religion. There are people today trying to rebuild all right, the temple in Jerusalem. Thinking that when Jesus comes back, he's going he's gonna, he's gonna to preside over the church. <laughs> Our religion has blind the hearts of men. Do you think Jesus will come down to the earth and then it's the house that men built with, a, with their hand? While he himself has said in his word, he said God does not dwell in the building that is built with human hands. God doesn't dwell in the house of stone. God doesn't dwell in the house of clay. Can't we see? Can't we wake up to this reality that the Lord wants to dwell within us? He said we are supposed to be a living, a living temple. He wants to dwell in us, a living temple. He said your body is a temple. This is the temple God is constructing in our day because that's where he wants to dwell and, 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 and express his authority and his leadership and his government from. He wants to rule through you. But would you bring yourself of dying to your own idea, of dying to your own definition of Christianity. This is what God is doing today across the world. That's why there is so much rumbling. There's so much, you know, screaming and there's so much confusion. Yes, in the body of Christ, it is God at, at work. God is shaking the things that men have built in his name, but he never approved. 
God is shaking the foundation of many generations. He will shake it to the core. He said, because we must receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Friends, can you can we can we can we catch this? This is the call of the hour. That's why he's calling us to ascension. That's why he's calling us to ascend. It is when he ascended on high that he gave gift to men. The ministry that Jesus began, hallelujah, the ministry he terms, the beginning of his church, the beginning of his ecclesia, was not defined and done, hallelujah, based on what he did on earth. No. That church began based on his ascension. This is why men who have not even come to understand the, the concept of, you know, the resurrection, not even talk about the ascension. They're going into ministry. They're handling ministry. And they're making a mess of the life of people. Why? Because they heard a call and they ran. They never waited like I shared yesterday. Amen? To be chosen. Many are called. Remember yesterday we talked about it. Many are called. Few. Why must it be few? Why did the Bible, you know, underline, give us that word? Why was the adjective few there? Because the few are those, amen, who went through the rigorous training, the rigorous preparation, yes. Because those few went through, amen, the rigorous training of being selected. Listen to this. The doctrine of selection is not by chance, it's by choice. It's not like God has designed, you know, certain people. No, you guys, you know, you are destined to be choose to be to be selected by me. No, 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 no. Many are called. The few that are chosen made up their mind, amen, to keep their lamps burning, <laughs> to keep their lamps burning. Because you see, we are all called. We all got the call. We all had the invitation. We all got the all. They gave us all of us the lamb. They gave us all oil. The Bible says five were wise, five were foolish. The foolish went to sleep. I'm talking about preparing to become part, amen, of the of the of the of the selected one who will go on with the Lord, who will marry the bride, or the bridegroom. Excuse me, who will marry the bridegroom? Let's not kid ourselves. There is a two order of church living on earth side by side to eight. Excuse me, excuse me, today. There are two order of church living side by side on earth today. There is the called ones. There are those that are being prepared to be selected. Yes. Let's not kid ourselves. So, so, so we need to understand the heart of the Father in this brand new day. Many are called, few are chosen. The path to be chosen are the things that we are talking about. That's why I said yesterday, this is not just for those who, 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 who wish. This is not a wish. This is a call that you have made up your mind to be part of the chosen ones. You will have to make up your mind. Why is it that amen, God used certain people and then you look at the same scripture, you find somebody like Nathaniel who was there in the beginning. He was there. Nathaniel was there in the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. The next time you're going to look for Nathaniel, you can't find him again. You can't find him anywhere in the scripture. It's like the guy just vanished. What happened? What happened to Nathaniel? Well, he was part of the called ones, but he didn't go through. He didn't go through. He didn't go through the process of him being chosen. 
but he was called. So don't fool me. Don't fool yourself. I say, oh, I'm a called man. We are all called of God. <laughs> Where everyone is called. Everyone born of God has a call of God upon their life. But the calling does not define if indeed you're going to be approved. You have to prove yourself. How you go further. Hallelujah. The further you go. the desire. And this is, listen to this. This is not legalism. This is not legalism. So don't say, oh, well, this guy's preaching legalism. No, 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 no. If it's legalism, guess what? We will be talking about the order of the Pharisee. He judged that thing. But we're talking about people who are passionate. It's a, it's a concept you find in love. The, the, the more you're, you're in love with somebody, the more, hallelujah, that person, you know, do more for you. The more that person is thinking of how to, you know, how to satisfy you. That's how it is. The more that person is thinking of how to satisfy you, the more that person is thinking of how to satisfy you. Because it's not just, you know, there's a relationship that you can be in that you tolerate each other. But there is a relationship that the, 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 the things you guys do inspire each other, each of you, amen, to do things for each other. You surprise each other. You, you keep surprising each other. Why? Because there is, there is love there. L love is a sacrifice that takes you beyond your own ability. It takes you beyond your own will. It takes you beyond, you know, your desire. You, 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 just, you see that woman? She showed love to Jesus. She poured oil. <laughs> Crazy, uh, you know, Judah said, don't you know how much this oil will cost and the number of people we can feed if we sell this thing, that this woman is just lavishing on Jesus just to point on his feet. You see, that woman was not part of the 12. But I can assure you, that woman had a place in the heart of the Father. Because that woman understood what the disciples did not understand. She knew that woman saw something about this Jesus Christ. Amen. That others could not see. And she took of her best it's the same concept that I shared with us, that I've been sharing. Amen. You know, you know, uh, 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 Abel brought of his of his of himself. He brought himself. He didn't bring of his strength. He brought himself. Hallelujah. The Bible says he brought of his fat. The fat represents your strength. Under the Jewish law, you don't eat, when you sacrifice the offering, you don't eat the fat. You don't eat the fat. The fat belongs to the Lord. The fat doesn't even belong to the priest. They say the fat is the Lord because the fat defines the strength of the animal. So they offer it to God as a sweet smelling savour before the Lord. So that was what Abel brought. Abel brought of him of, of his life. He brought everything that defines Abel. He brought his mind, he brought his intelligence, his br he brought his creativity, he brought his money, he brought everything, he brought his children, he brought his wife, everything that defined, that's what he offered to God. And that's why the Bible says the Lord looked down, amen, and accepted the offering of Abel. But Cain brought what he produced by that strength that, that, that Abel had. You see, you see, you can produce something of your strength and give it to the Lord and God rejects it. Because God is not looking for what you can produce. God is looking for what he can produce through you. There are two different things. If you are offering to God what he, what he has not empowered you, what he has not, you see, your strength must be worked on. Your, everything must die. First day, second day, death, then resurrection, Aha, ascension, then you can offer to God. So that when you offer it, you will not go around and boast it. So you see, I gave the best to God. <laughs> I gave, did you see what I gave to God? Because that's how a lot of us are. That, that, that is called religion. But what I'm sharing with us, amen, is to come into a day where everything that we, 
that we offer to God, amen, has gone through, if you will, the process of, of approval. Yes, the process of approval. It's called quality control. Those who are in the industrial you know, uh, world, it's called quality control. Nobody sells anything out there. Amen. You don't sell a product that has not gone through rigorous quality control because you, you, you can sue amen, that company. You can make them liable. God believes in quality control. Every aspect of our life must go through quality control. Approval. It says, greet, greet this man, approve of the Lord. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. These guys were approved of the Lord. There are those God is approving right now. And when God wants to approve you, he brings things that, that, are, that, are, con that are contrary. He brings the contradictions of our life. He exposes them. And he sees how you're going to deal with them. How you're going to handle them. Yes. Yes. So you think, oh, the devil wants to kill me. The devil is, it's not, the, shh, it's not the devil. It is God preparing you for glory. It is God preparing you for the next order of your life. It is God preparing you for something glorious. But you have to go through fire. But you have to go through the way of Bakar. You have to go through the wilderness. You have to go through the, 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 the valley of the shadow of death. Aha! You have to go through the way of the Philistines, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Canaanites. All these things are reality in us. You have to face your fear, face, amen, your, 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 your weakness and your false identity. You have to face your insecurity. Everything you must, you see, because that is, that is the process that makes us one day to stand before the Lord. It's from this order that when we offer God a worship, God accepts our, our, our offering so that nothing pollutes the offering. Nothing tampers with the offering. Nothing tampers with our worship. I said to us some time ago, we can't worship God without, without, you know, our emotion. But how many times do we worship God with a polluted emotion, with a polluted feelings? Come on, friends. This is not a general message for everyone. This is for those who have been tapped, who've had the voice, who have heard that voice that say, come up higher. Aha, come up higher. Ah, guess what? They will send you into certain places. They will send you into certain houses. Amen. You are called. It's time to ascend. They will say, go, go via the house of Isaiah Phillips. He will tell you what to do. <laughs> yes, he will tell you what to do. You find those people there. They are called, amen, bridge to transition. There is a man by the name in Obedidom. Nobody knew about him until God approved this house as a place where the ark of God could rest. Ah, Father, help me here. Nobody knew what Obedidom was engaged in with God. It was not, it was not found out. You know, as you know, as a as a rabbi, he was not known amen, as a Levite, he was not known as some religious person. They just they just took the ark of God to the house of Obedidom. He was not even a priest. Hi, Lord help me. God help me. Are we we gotta touch these things? 
The ark of God was accepted in the house of Obedidom. David got jealous. Who is this guy? That thing caused David to go inquire of how to bring the ark of God back to his seat in Jerusalem. Now this ark must not be carried by the, by the most wise people, by the most skillful people. They went to get the, the best of the best. I said, no, it doesn't work that way. Go read, go read the manual. The ark must be carried on the shoulder of men. The pole must be on the shoulder of men. You carry it. Four men must carry the thing. They should have learned of that before they began the journey. Are you getting the point? I'm talking about God calling us into a dimension, into a day where we can begin to pray from the ascended realm. You see, all your life you can pray from a lower realm. All your life, amen, you can pray from the valley realm and you will never engage the things of God for the new day. You never come into the reality of what the Father has ordained your life for, for the season in time. That's what I'm talking about. Your life unveils in seasons. In this season, there's something fresh, there's something new. God is calling us into, in this ascended order of the ladder of Jacob, in the, of the ladder of God. That ladder of Jacob is the ladder of Christ. Amen. He said, well, a day is going to come, you're going to see, amen, angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What Jacob saw in the wilderness was a typology of Jesus Christ, don't you understand that? Because when Jacob looked up, he saw the Lord standing and he saw God introduce himself. Jacob, I am the God of your father. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm going to bring you back to this place. This place that you have experienced, I'm going to bring you back there. That's why I said earlier on, listen to this. Spiritual experience is not enough to engage the things of the spirit. The fact that God showed you something, the fact that God revealed something to you, the fact that you got a revelation, you, you enter into certain reality, you know certain things, does not mean that you have come into fullness, you have come into maturity. They showed you that thing to tease you, to begin to find a way to get there. The unveiling, the revealing amen, itself is not the substance, but it allows us to begin to see the substance. That's why the Bible says, except a man be born again, he cannot what? See the kingdom. That is the place of unveiling. When we begin to see, I'm telling you, our prayer life changes. When we begin to see things from the kingdom perspective, amen, how we look at life, how we look at ourselves, how we look at our environment, how we look at our marriage, how, how we look at our finance, how we look at our children, changes. How we look at our spouse, how we look at the person we believe God for to marry, changes. There is something about the perspective of God from that kingdom view lens that changes your life. So you see, if your life, if your mindset, your attitude, your belief system has not, has not been brought to a day where it's recalibrated, amen, at the rebirth. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're going to be praying for things that you have no idea of. You're going to be seeking for things that, 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 that the father, everyone is looking and saying, what is this lady asking me for? What is this guy asking me for? They said, do you, they said, do you know what you're seeking for? <laughs> do you know what you're asking for? You say you want to sit at, you know, at my right hand and the other one at my left hand? <laughs> you, you don't know what you're asking. There's so many things that we, we're touching in the things of the spirit that we, we, we are clueless about. Because we have not been taken through the path that will allow us to understand even the things we're praying about. 
So most, in most cases, they will have to take us back to the place of death. They will have to take us to back to the, in fact, from the place of death, they will have to start taking us to the place of, you know, crucifixion. They say, please, can you create a situation where this guy can be crucified? <laughs> when you feel the pain, you scream, Lord, I don't want this. They say, you're not ready. You've got to learn to handle pain. You've got to learn to do what? Handle pain. Pain is good. Suffering is good. The Bible says through suffering we will enter the kingdom. I know you're not going to hear this tomorrow morning on Sunday on, on, on the pulpit. That's why you, God, has, God has led you here to hear these things. You will learn to enter the kingdom through pain and suffering. Because suffering will bring out all kinds of things out of your heart. Pain will bring, you see, suffering brought, you know, uh, 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 what was in the heart, amen, of the wife of Job out. <laughs> Cause God and die. That's what suffering does. Suffering causes us to look inward. To look inward and bring out what, what, you know, what has been locked in. You know, have you noticed that it's when people are angry, when people are painful and angry that all kinds of things, they start sh shooting all kinds of things. You begin to wonder, you mean that one too is there? Yes, yes. You see, yes, yes, they will take you through all that to bring out, you see, they've got to create a situation to bring out what has been locked inside. They bring it out. Yes, see it for yourself and deal with it. Don't deal, live your life pretending. That's why a lot of people are getting frustrated today. That's why people today no longer go to church. You know why? Because they cannot handle reality. <laughs> Come on. They cannot handle reality. They cannot handle reality. They can't handle the realities of the things of God. Because they never told them that you're going to go through that path. So God now is bringing men to the end of themselves. And all kinds of things are happening. And they are revealing themselves in disappointment, in pain, amen, in envy, in, in, in anger, in pride, amen, in, in, you know, in jealousy. And all those things is part of God's dealings because God wants to heal us. But he, can, he cannot heal us by covering things. You see, nobody gets healed by covering the pain. But no, no, you've got to go to the doctor. The doctor's going to say, where's the pain? Say, oh, it's here. All right. Sometimes they have to cut you. They have to cut. Yes, it's called circumcision. They have to cut the foreskin. They have to cut things off. Yes. And when they, when they begin the process, guess what? You can't move for three days, four days. They shut you down. They say, hey, sorry, I've got to live on this medication. You, uh, don't move. Uh -uh. You see, but you humans, you see, because our identity is defined on how, what we can do, what we can produce. They say, shut him down for three days. That was poor. Three days, blindness. It's part of the process. Because by the time he gets healed, by the time they open his eyes, He's no longer looking at things from the way he used to look at them three days ago. Now he's seeing things from a, a different height. The same Paul that was castigating, that was killing, that was challenging the things of God began to promote the things of God. What happened? What happened in his life? Ah, there was a change. But that change did not begin until they shut him down. Would you want God to shut you down? Would you want God, amen, to strip you? Of your religious, you know, ego and strip you of your, you know, I know how to sing. I know how to pray. I know how to worship God. Come on. All that we have learned to perfect it via the act of religion. You see, that's why today we need to pray for the American church system. That, I keep saying it. You see, 
You see, people like the Kaya West, you see what's going on in America now. Oh, 6,000 people gave their life to Jesus on the Kaya West. I thank God for the guy's salvation. But guess what? That thing is becoming something else because that's not the way of God. When a man gives his life to Jesus, they shut him down. They shut him down so that when they awake him, ah, a new light. The next thing he's not going to do is to wax an album and call it, you know, Jesus the King. And, and he seemed to be chatting, you know, the, the, the billboard and all these things. And, and come on, anybody can, anybody can claim anything and say anything in the name of Jesus Christ. This is the third day. This is not the day where we get deceived and get fooled. Come on, church, wake up. If it's that cheap to follow God, <laughs> can't, can't you see? Everybody's realizing now it's almost it's like becoming a, you know, a trendy thing. All, all the celebrities, they're all claiming now, and I'm giving my life to Jesus. Can't you see that th there is something called deception that is taking place? And who is saying the church must not open their hands to receive these people, but they must go via the route. Via the route. They must go through the path that we've seen in the word of God. Yes. They must go through it. Lest they become Simeon the sorcerer. Less until the apostles, and that's my prayer, let God begin to awaken those who have sight and voice, who have seen the things, hallelujah, that people are not seeing from the human level. Begin to look at this thing and begin to judge them. He said, are, no, are there no wise men among you to judge these things? You see, people today are so dry that any little shaking today, Everybody just jump at it. But you don't know that it's God that is drying the Euphrates. God is drying Alea, the, 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 the rivers in our life. He's drying it so that everything that is of the flesh can what? Can be manifest. It's a day of harvest. In the harvest, we don't just reap. In the harvest, there's also what? Separation. Ah. He said, let it grow together until harvest. Friends, we are in the day of the harvest of the Lord. So you're going to be seeing all kinds of things coming to maturation. Yes, carnality that will be expressed in spirituality. Amen. Will be manifesting. Things that before you can easily identify, say that's evil. Today you won't be able to identify them. Why? Because they look spiritual. They sound spiritual. <laughs> Everybody's calling Jesus. <laughs> Everybody is saying Jesus, hallelujah, praise God. I dedicate, you know, this thing to Jesus Christ. He's my Lord, he's my king. But tomorrow you're going to bow to Dagon. But next tomorrow you're going to bow to Jezebel. Come on. It's time you open your eyes and stop getting yourself deceived. This is the twilight of a new day. Wake up and see what the spirit of the Lord is doing from an ascended realm. We celebrate the desire of God is for the nations to be saved. But the desire of God is also for the nation to be discipled. Is that not what Jesus said? He said, go make disciples. He didn't say, go get them saved. He said, make disciples of all nations. There's a difference between getting people saved and making disciples of all nations. Making disciples of all nations means to take them out of their culture. Friends, is a war of culture. Don't let Satan bring his culture into the church. And camouflage it and and you know quote it and you know and, and whitewash it amen with Jesus Christ. But it's still the same old Satan, but it's whitewashed with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we accept it. I'm not deceived. And those who are following me should not be deceived. 
And I'm saying this thing that you should not be deceived. These are days of great deception because we're in the day of harvest. The day of harvest is a day of maturation, amen, of spirituality and carnality. The day of harvest is a maturation, amen, of both spirituality and carnality. If there is ever a time you're going to see the devil deceive the world is today. If there is ever a time you are going to fall, amen, if the enemy wants you to fall, if there is ever a time your soul, your spirit will be screaming out and say, I don't want the things of God. Oh, well, I want the things of God, but can we mix the two? You see, can we mix it? Can we mix the two? It's today. This is the day where the enemy is going to be coming and lying to you. For, us, for, for those of us who are seeking for money, looking for money, listen, this is the day where the enemy is going to be suggesting all kinds of ideas to us. Why don't you just do that? You get money there. But you see, if you cannot track the pattern, if you cannot track the value, if you cannot track the agenda of that thing, please, if you can't see Christ there, remember that's where we started from and that is where I'm still maintaining. If Christ is not the center core, if Christ is not the center of what you're searching, what you're seeking for, listen to this, if hunger will make you compromise, then you're not ready for, this, for, for, you know, for the battle of the last day. Listen to this, if, be, if, if loneliness will make you to compromise, amen, the position of Christ in this last day, that because you're lonely, you're just going to give yourself to that any man, you're just going to give yourself to any woman, listen to this, then you're not ready. It means that you have not been taught you have not been tutored in the in the ways hallelujah of truth if 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 the rejection of men will make you or amen to compromise so that you can be accepted by people then you're not ready for the things of the of the lord if 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 farming will make you compromise then you're not ready that's what paul said what what is it that will separate me you can listen to this. Paul cannot be talking about separation if he's not bound, if he's not joined to the Lord. Unfortunately, we quote that scripture. We are not even bound to the Lord. So what is it? What does it mean to be separated where you are where you are not even married to the person already? <laughs> you get what I'm point? You can only be you can only be separated from somebody you are married to. Many of us were, were married to religion. We are married to religion, tradition. We're not married to Christ. We're not married to the ascended Lamb of God. No, we're married to what looks like Jesus. And there are many Jesus in our day oh come on that's why I, I, I told you the Lord told me this morning Isaiah you need to change the direction of your prayer you need to tell the people their prayer must be focused on the ascended life on the ascended revelation all these 20 steps you want to talk about is good but it's not good enough we've got to cut the walk shut in righteousness there's too many things we've got to deal with if you continue on this 12 to 20 stage, how long are you going to finish? No, bring the people to a position where they can begin to see. Because, you see, when you begin to see from the ascended realm, your prayer life changes. I don't pray prayer based on my need. I pray prayer based amen, on my desire for God. And I know the more I desire him, those little things, those little things, ah, and I tell you, friends, there are needs in my life. But those little things, as I seek him, he meets those needs. He's my father. And he's not unjust. He's not a wicked father. He's not a wicked God. He said, if, if you natural men know how to give good gifts amen, to your children, how much more your heavenly father would you ask amen, for a bread and he gives you a stone? The reason why we are so fixative on all this needs and all this kind of prayer point is because we are still on the on the first day in fact many of us have not even begun the first day we're still in the outer court that's why we think 
coming to God is about using God to get something. Meanwhile, he, he wants to change you for you to see what he, what he has in stock for you. Don't you understand? I've got something in stock for you. I've got an inheritance waiting for you. It's, it's, behind, it's, behind, it's behind the shore. It's behind the river. If you can just cross this river to the other side, you're going to get there. You see, I'm not going to take you over. No, you have, to, you have to follow because that's part of the process. I want you to mature. In going through this river, you're going to mature. In going through this valley, you're going to mature. In going through this fire, for the joy that was set before him. When you see what is before you, you can go through anything to get there. But you see, if you cannot see what he said before you, somebody can easily talk you out and say, why do you have to cross this river? There's another route here. Have you read that book, The, Pre the, the, the Pregnant Progress, or watched the movie, The Pregnant Progress? If you're going to get to the heel of the Lord, I'm telling you, there are all kinds of routes the enemy is going to be showing you. But there is only one route. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Unfortunately, we reduce that event to a message of salvation. We don't know that it is a message that we must go through all our life to apprehend Christ. Jesus is the way. There's no other way. He is the truth. There is no other truth. He is the life you need to keep you on a day to the journey. If you get tired, wait. He allows us to wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. If you're going to wait, don't wait upon your idea. Don't wait upon, you know, oh, but my mother told me this thing two years ago that, you know, if this thing is not working, I must try this one. <laughs> you don't want to wait on the idea of your mom. You don't want to wait on the idea of your grandpa. They told us this is how we must do these things. Thank God for their wisdom. But their wisdom is not going to work in this last day. You've got to find the wisdom of God. Jesus has become to us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification, friends. It's called the way of ascension. If we're going to ascend on high, then we have to die to everything that is a weight. If we're going to ascend on high with Christ, if we're going to come to the place where we see him the way he is, we have to die. You see, you see, when, when the scripture began to tell us in Ephesians chapter 4, all right, that the ministry gift are to prepare the saints, all right, to mature the saints until we get to the full maturity or to the full measure of Christ. That full measure of Christ, amen, is a dimension of an ascended life. It's a, it, coming to the full measure of Christ is telling us something that the Lord wants us to grow into Christ in all things. So tell me, somebody who has a measure of Christ at the ankle level or at the waist level, That person will be saying certain things about Christ. But all that the person will be saying will be limited to the waste. So you will know a lot of things about Jesus, but he's limited. So somebody that is speaking, let's say now from the shoulder blade of the realities of Jesus. Guess what? You're going to be arguing with that person. Because each level that we find ourselves in the revelation of Jesus, we always assume is the ultimate. 
few days ago, I had some visitors come visit me. Wonderful people. And as I was sharing, that, I mean, I met them for the first time. And I was sharing my testimony because the, the brother, you know, they're missionaries. So he was asking, you know, a friend of his who somehow get to know me also connected us together and said, you know, when you get to South Africa, you need to connect to this man. So they finally came to visit me. So I was sharing my testimony and he was so interested in what I was, I was sharing. And, you know, by chance, I mentioned, you know, uh, uh, watch my knee as one of the one of the people that mentored me, his material that mentored me. He said, wow. I said, that's powerful. So I know watch my knee. He said, but guess what? I know a woman who mentored watch my knee. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, help me. He said, guess what? I know a woman who mentored, who, who, who watch my knee learned from. She's a French woman. In fact, she was one of the women God used, you know, to, to, to steer the French Revolution. My jaw almost dropped. And I got humbled the more. I said, Father, I thank you. Look, just look at this. I mean, when you read Watch My Knees book, I mean, I'm talking about that book, Watch My Knee, you know, it's, it's as big as this, as big as my Bible, the spiritual man. <laughs> and anybody who reads Watch My Knee will say, no, this, this guy is just... I mean, he's in another plane. So when this brother told me and said, no, I know another, I know a woman who watched my knee actually drank from. Suddenly he just opened, I, I just began to get another reality and revelation. I said, you see, you see, this is the things of the spirit. You can be bossing around and say, well, ah, well, I learned from the best. Meanwhile, the person you learn from, amen, also learned from somebody else. And I said, what a reality in the things of God. So I said, no, if there's another woman that this man learned from, I think I need to connect. I, I, I need to have, you know, insight into what this woman knew. That, I mean, this my, this my mentor, hallelujah, connected to. But I can assure you, there is somebody also that that woman learned from. That's how the things of God is. That's the point that I'm making. That we know in part, and therefore we prophesy in part, before you ever nail what you know, amen, as the finality. Be careful or else you'll be making a big mistake. We all must be drinking from the word. But our measure of drinking differs. They said, amen, in the, the, the king, amen, in, in, in the book of Esther, it, when, when you threw the party, he said, everybody must drink according to their measure. You can't drink before, be beyond your measure. You can't eat be beyond what you can carry. You understand? We know in measure. We know in part. And therefore, we prophesy in part. That's why I don't argue with people. No. You will never hear me argue with people. And I, I say the way the Spirit of the Lord has revealed it to me. As long as I'm convinced that this is the truth, that's what I know. That's what the scriptures say. And before I ever say anything, you can bet you. Can bet you I can bet you. I have searched two, three, four. I have looked at amen, other points. And when I speak, I don't speak as finality. I speak from the position that the Father has shown me. And I leave it there. Because that's how, the, you see, that's how the Lord wants us to track him. We can't track him and think we've come to full, fullness. No. 
Our fullness is where somebody else began from. Where you think you have attained. Where you think you have come to, you know, reside and preside over. That's the foot footprint. That, excuse me, that's the, you know, footpath of somebody else. That's where somebody else begins from. Your roof top is the foundation of other people. The things of the spirit, friends. The things of the spirit. What am I saying? I'm saying it's time that we begin to search. I want to know Christ. There's a scripture that I wanted to read that I didn't finish. All right? This is just amazing. It's amazing to have a hunger, a passion, a, a yearning amen, for the things of God. Let's go back to Luke chapter 12. I'll take it from verse 22 again. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about this thing. That was what stirred my heart. Don't worry about, about your life. He said, do not worry about your life. <laughs> what makes your life important, amen, is the fact that your life is in Christ. Amen. What makes your life important is the fact that your life is secured in Christ. So let's read on. Therefore, he told them, do not worry about your life. What He said, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what, what you will eat and what your body will wear. For your life is more than food. Your body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow nor reap. They have no storehouse or barn. Yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? That is a whole school of thought. That's a whole philosophy of Christianity that just that 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 God just broke down, that God just shattered. A whole ministry, in fact, many ministries we see in America and Africa are built on worrying about your life, what to eat, what you're gonna wear. Because it's about, you know, wear and tear ministry. Alright? You know, our life is built around those things. And this is not just about, you see, the concept of food and food to eat and what to wear are just symbolic amen, of the world of materialism. And it's important, the Bible is not saying we shouldn't, we shouldn't ask for food. And In fact, the, the scripture says we must ask, daily ask amen, for our daily bread. So the context here is that don't make this thing the center. Don't make this thing the focal point. Don't make this thing amen, the, the, the definition of your world. Don't make this thing define what what constitutes your spirituality amen amen because studying people's spirituality the reason why they're so fervent is because of something they need something to wear something to eat amen you know a new promotion a new job you know you know to live in this place live in that place you understand this is what the scripture is and that's the context here don't make that amen the focal point of your spirituality he said, for your life is more than food. Your life is more than food. Your, your, your life is more than, you know, the clothes you wear on your body. He said, consider these things. The ravens, the ravens, they do not sow nor reap. They have no storehouse nor barn. Yet God feeds them. So the issue of God feeding you is not the issue. That's primary. That's primary. And God says, don't make the primary, hallelujah, secondary. And don't make secondary primary. 
keep the main thing the main thing. You've got to understand order. You've got to have order in your life. You've got to have order. You've got to have priority. You see, when your life is designed in order and priority, amen, you know what to do. You know how to distribute your strength. You know how to distribute your energy. You know what to focus on, amen. Don't seek things, amen, in, in a way that would derail your attention from other things that you ought to be investing in. That's what the scripture is saying. It says, it says they do not sow nor reap. They have no storehouse or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable, uh -huh, that's the point, how much more valuable are you than the birds? Imagine, it's almost like an indictment that God has to be, you know, con you know, uh, you know uh, um, comparing us with birds. Why? Because we can't get it. So God will have to use, our Lord will have to use things that we can relate to to speak to us. <laughs> he will have to use the issues of birds because everybody can see birds around. Amen? Birds are everywhere. They, they, know where, they know where to find the food. The, the food is all over the place. I mean, my house here, you find them. The birds are all over the place. And I love them. I love the sound. I mean, I love watching those birds. And God is using them to speak to us. Verse 25. Listen to this. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single a single hour to his life? That's a that's 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 huge. That's huge. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single life, a single hour to his life? Not even science. You know, with all this technology they're coming up with today, all right? You know, uh, uh, how they can prolong life. How they can listen to this. When God says it's time, it's time. No matter the the, the, the the technology, no matter the drug you have. Listen, you can improve your health. There's nothing wrong with that. But to, the, to think that you can actually improve the longevity of your life. God has not given man such a power. Because life is defined in, in assignment. And when your assignment is done, it's done. No matter how we love certain people. I mean, when, when it's time for them to leave, they leave. They just go because it's time. But guess what? And you know why we're afraid for people to go? And you know why we're also afraid to go? Because we don't know what lies on the other side. <laughs> because we don't know what lies on the other side. But if you ever have a glimmer, a glory, a sight into the other realm, you will know that whatever you're holding on to on this side of the world amen, is nothing. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? So if you cannot do such a, a small thing, the Bible call it a small thing to add an hour to your life. The Bible call that a small thing, Lord Jesus, you make my day. It says if you cannot do such a small thing by adding just an hour to your life, why do you worry about the rest? Is God saying we must live a rec reckless life? No. He's saying you've got to live your life amen, in the order of priority. And to live your life in the order of priority, you've got to come to what I call, amen, a life of the centrality of Christ. Living your life from the centrality of Christ. I've done an hour, th you know, 25 minutes. I think I need to begin a roundup now. All right. All right. We've got to begin to live our life from that scope of divine centrality. When Christ is the center, when Christ is the center of your life, listen to this. Every need in your life will be met, but will be met according to God's divine timing and season. Because you see, when Christ is the center of your life, you will be praying the kind of prayer that is relevant for the purpose of God, for the counsel of God, for the intentions of God for your life. Listen to this. 
all we're talking about food and clothing this just came to my mind food basically is to sustain amen your energy to keep you going to give you energy amen, into purpose into vision into assignment food is not for you to to get to get yourself indulged all right you eat to the point that you can you see something they eat to the point that they can't get up again that's not food now that's indulgement that you don't want to you don't want that kind of food and sometimes that's the kind of provision we want we want to have so much enough to the point that the thing wastes do you know they say in it was in france now somewhere but i know in the west all right and in america i mean you must see the tons of food they waste you must just see. So many of these things that is happening right now, you can connect them. God is speaking to us. But most that, listen, there's famine in some part of the world. Yet in some part of the world, they are throwing away food in tons every day, waste. And yet we're talking about, you know, equalization. We're talking about balance. These are issues of injustice. Let me not even go into all that, but that's just something you need to think about. Why do you worry about these things, he said? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Or if, if you cannot do such a thing, why worry about the rest? Consider, he said, consider the lilies. Consider the lilies. Consider how the lily grows. Amen. They do not labor or spin. <laughs> Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory was adorned like one of this. If that is how God clothed. The grass, so God wants to clothe us. If that is how God clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Did you see now Jesus is introducing something else? It's, it's the issues of lack of faith. One, the issue of the misplacement of faith. Two, the issue of not understanding the purpose of faith. Three, Lack of faith, misplacement of faith, amen. And the misuse of faith. That's our problem. Because some people, all right, if you, if you come from the kind of uh, spiritual background I came from, where, all right, it, it's about faith, faith to possess things. I mean, back then I grew up in a church where amen, everything is about faith. If you have faith, you can claim it, claim it and get it, you know. Say it and claim it. Get it. Lay hands. You you claim everything. You know that was the that was how I grew up. We grew, I grew up in that you know background of faith until I left, or rather before I left that church, I began to realize. But wait a minute. I think I've been I've been abusing my faith. I think I've been misusing my faith because I began to read the scripture. I mean, this scripture we've been using for years, for years. If you have faith like a monster seed, you can say to this mountain, all right, if you have faith, all right, you, you, if anyone without faith is impossible to please God. You, you understand? We've been using those scriptures around faith until one day the Lord opened my eyes. And that's the, tr that's the truth. Listen to this. If you, are, if you are not seeking to want to know God, not based on how men, religion has defined God to you. If you're not seeking to say, Lord, forget about how men have defined faith. Forget about religion. I want to know the things, your heart, your mind regarding the issues of faith, regarding issues of grace and all these things. Until I began to pray, Father, reveal yourself to me. I want to know what faith is. Then one day I was just reading the scripture and the scripture reading Hebrews. He that must come to God must believe. I said, well, wait a minute. He that must come to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I said, but we've been using that faith, that scripture to claim things. So, so we coming to God is about 
forgetting things. And suddenly it's like the light bulb turned up on my, in my brain. You, faith is given to you to reach God, not to reach things, not to claim things. Because when you reach God, you reach the kingdom basically, and everything that you need, you find it there. And it's God that says, this is what you need. Because by the time you reach God, he that reaches God, listen to this. By the time you reach God, every aspect of your life's priority changes. So I said, okay, so faith is, faith is given for, for, the, for the journey of reaching God. But you see, we are not talking about reaching God because we already assume that we know God. We, we already have God in our life. All right? we've, in fact, a lot of people back then believe that we've already reached God. And I realized this is a false. This is a, this is a, this is a lie. And the Lord start changing my, you know, my perspective about spirituality, about Christianity. Until till this, till, till, till this day, he's still doing that. So, so we've got to understand that faith is given to us to reach God. He said, you of little faith. Our faith, when our faith is little in terms of understanding who Christ is, guess what? We will, we will, we will reduce our faith to focusing on material things. He says, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Friends, if you have the kingdom, it says all other things will be given to you. Don't switch it. Don't seek other things and then the kingdom is given to you. If you have the kingdom, by the time you have the kingdom, and like I said, for you to have the kingdom, the king must first resident, must sit upon the throne of your Nobody Nobody, nobody is given the power to inherit the kingdom without Christ taking a seat over that person's life. By the time you have the kingdom, you will discover that your entire life value, your entire life understanding has changed. And that is my prayer this morning as I round up friends. God wants to change our view. He wants to change our perspective. Christ must become the center focus. Christ must become the center point. Christ must become the center point. Christ must become the metrics of our existence. Listen to this. Many of us, we've learned, we've known about Jesus of Nazareth, about the things Jesus Christ of Nazareth have done, but we are yet to know the Christ, the reason Christ John, on the island of Patmos, began to have an encounter. In fact, that was where Jesus himself began to introduce, Jesus Christ began to introduce himself. He said, come up high, let me show you. And that's why they call that book, the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Christ wants to reveal himself to us, but we have to hear the voice and we have to accept the summoning, come up higher. It's time to ascend. It's time to come to the place of divine elevation. It's time to come to the place of truth. It's time to come to the place of wisdom, knowledge. It's time to ascend. I want to challenge you, friends, this morning. As you've heard this word, may your life begin to enter into a new scope of engagement. May you begin to see, may you begin to understand the call of this hour. There's so many things we've said this morning. There are two kinds of church right now living on earth. There is a church that is called and there is a church that is being selected or elected. Many are called. Few are chosen. 
Would you be part of the chosen ones? That's why we've been talking about the things we've been talking about. So that you can begin to hear the voice of the third day. You can begin to live. Amen. This little realm that religion has defined for you. And begin to take a journey into that realm that you have never been before. Into that path you have never been before. There is a path that you must walk that you have, that you have not walked before. It's called the walk of divine transition to the place of elevation. Father, we thank you this morning. As I lay this word there before your people, I pray this morning that their heart would draw, yes, that which your spirit have said. I pray that their mind, their spirit, every part of their being will attract this truth and say yes in the name of Jesus, that their life, O oh God, will continue, yes, to yearn and, and long for more of you. Yes. Let the veil be torn off. Let the veil be removed. Let that which defines our idea, our philosophy, our own pattern, our own way, our own you know, concept of interpretation, our own perspective of Christianity, let it begin to die. Let it begin to fall. And may we plunge ourselves into the path, into the roots that nobody wants to follow. Father, it's our desire to know you. Like Paul said, that I may know him. Yes. That I may know him. The fellowship of his suffering. It's my desire to know the risen Christ. I want to be conformed to his image. Let Christ be formed in us. That's my prayer this morning. May this truth bring us to a new day, a new reality where we can begin to search. David says, my heart yearns and pants after you, O God. He said, as the deer pants, pants after the water. Friends, there is a place that the things of God are veiled that we will never know. We will never, they will not allow us. Because we don't have enough passion and desire. But there is a place where we begin to pray and say, you know, like, like, like Anna said, give me a child lest I die. That when we come to that place where we are desperate, not for things, not even for the things of God, but for God, for Christ, that they begin to remove the veil. They begin to remove the doors. They, they begin to open the portal and they say, come, it's time to know, it's time to sing. Listen, friends, the things of God are not cheap. The things of God are not cheap. They are treasures that are buried deep down. If you're going to get treasure, you must be ready to excavate. You must be ready to dig deep. The deep is going to call to the deep. The deep is going to call to the deep like the noise of many waters. If you're going to understand the ways of Jesus, you've got to see beyond the peripherals of what today we have defined to be church, of what we have defined to be Christianity. God is no longer in that thing. It's time to seek the Lord. It's time to pursue. It's time to cry out. Listen to this. Don't build your life on just sentiment. Don't build your life on just feelings. Don't build your life on religion. Don't build your life on the ideologies of men. Don't build your life around what you see men build and they call it a church. No. Listen to this. God is, sh God is shaving that thing away and he's calling the people. Come. Let me show you who I am. It's time to know the ascended Christ. Father, we thank you this morning. We bless your name. We glorify you. We worship you for what your spirit is, is pushing us into. What your spirit is demanding from us in this brand new day. Father, I thank you, God, that you will continue to make demand on us. And we will continue to say yes. Because indeed, 
in a great house, there are all kinds of vessels. But there is a vessel meet for the master's use. There is a vessel unto honor. And we want to be that vessel unto honor. So that our life can be used for your glory. In Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Thank you so much everyone this morning. You know, thank you for connecting with me. Thank you uh, Devon. Thank you Devon September for connecting. Thank you my dear sister Tina for connecting. Thank you man of God uh, Gerald. Thank you sir for connecting this morning. I appreciate it. Amen. Um, my dear uh, uh, sister, I guess, amen, a tenant, thank you so much for all oh, it's a brother, amen. Thank you for connecting, amen. Ah, hallelujah. Navida, it's been a while. Thank you for connecting this morning. I appreciate it, amen. Veronica, thank you so much. Thank you so much for connecting, amen. Stadioni, thank you. Sister Miriam, thank you. Hey, my dear big brother, amen. Brother Gil, thank you, sir, for connecting this morning. I really appreciate it. And everyone, amen, that has tuned in this morning or that will be listening to our podcast, amen, in the next uh, 30 40 minutes, we should upload this podcast, amen. Place you can download it in the next uh, uh I'm sure by nine o'clock, there about nine, ten o'clock, you should be able to have this podcast, amen, on our platform. Please download them, listen to these materials, they will change your life. I can assure you, half of what you have heard today or this morning, okay, is good. But when you when you download the podcast and you start listening to it again on yourself, amen, just listen to the audios. I'm telling you, you're going to get amen, even deeper realities and deeper revelation because personally, that's what I do. Every teaching we, we make, I listen to them. I go back, I listen to them, and they change, uh, change my life. So you can, you can connect either from your Spotify, you can connect amen, via iTunes, and you can obviously connect from uh, uh, Anchor, that's what we use, and uh, Google uh, podcast all right or you can just go online just type uh, potters get broadcast you're connected all right so please use this material send them to other people that you know may need this material it may not just be you some of the things that we're saying might not be you directly needing them but you know somebody who may just need this thing send it send the podcast to them amen you can share the pod podcast amen but let your life be a blessing to somebody amen thank you so much everyone for connecting have yourself a wonderful wonderful weekend Love you all. God bless you. Bye-bye.